0: Welcome to Simply Remarkable, created by Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau. And I'm Sue Falcone, your host for today, and I am the founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, why did we create this show? We created this show for you because we wanted you to know our remarkable talent personally, just as we know them. And you never know you might find the next speaker or talent for your next event that you might be looking for or someone else's. Now, today, you will also see that we'll, you'll be able to see how remarkable our talented our speaker is today and how he can bring that remarkable list to your organization or company. Now, thank you for joining us here today. I'm excited. It's only 10 days till spring. Well, <laughs> um, I'm coming to you from Greensboro, North Carolina, which is tournament town, and we're in the midst of the men's basketball ACC tournament this weekend, and everything is just all basketball. That's what we do. And also today, the active chat line is open for you for questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you today. Now, our remarkable guest for today is retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Oakland McCullough, but he's known as Oak, and you can call him that too. He attended West Point and earned and has served 23 years in the U.S. Army and held numerous leadership positions in the infantry and armor division branches of the U.S. Army. He was a top instructor of the United States Army Command and General Staff College. He received 31, yes, 31 military services awards, including the Bronze Star, eight service medals, and the Humanitarian Service Medal. Now he has served in Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Bosnia, and Kosovo. He now is a leadership keynote speaker. He's a best-selling author of this wonderful book. Sorry about that. Your Leadership Legacy, Becoming the Leader You Were Meant to Be. Now, with all that, Oak, I just welcome you to Simply Remarkable. And we're gonna have a great time today. Thank you for coming.
1: Well, thanks for having me on the show, Sue. I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Okay, and you're coming to us from where?
1: So I live in Daytona Beach, Florida. It's tough to live here, but somebody has to.
0: You're right. (laughs) Don't we all wish we were there? Well,
1: and you've got the basketball tournament and this week we've got bike week. So, I mean, there's always something going on.
0: Always something going on, always something going on. Well, we also want to thank you for your service, Oak.
1: Yeah, well, thank, thank you. It's, I always tell people it was an honor and a privilege to serve this nation and the people of it, so.
0: And that's the way we should feel about it. thats It's an honor and a privilege to live in this country. We love that. Absolutely. And this this 30 minutes goes by so fast. We will be finished before we know it. So I'm going to get started. And our first question here for you is... When and how did you know, Oak, that you wanted to serve in the military? How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so I, I get asked that question all the time. And they asked me not only that, but then why did I stay in, in the military? So I, 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 about sophomore year in high school, I decided that I wanted to be a, a leader in the Army. I was a leader in sports uh, for my teams. I played baseball, basketball, football in high school and was always the captain of the team. And I was in student government and class president. So I, I kind of understood le- leadership and I, I was pretty good at it. So I figured I wanted to be a leader and I wanted to serve my country. And one of the reasons, you know, I, I grew up, my father never finished the eighth grade. My mom never finished the 10th grade. So you know they eventually got their GEDs and all that but I got I got to make choices as a young man that people in other countries don't get to make and I got chances to to be successful where other people in other countries don't so I wanted to make sure that I gave my children or your children or somebody else's children the same opportunity to be successful in this country of ours
0: Wow what a story that I'd love to hear the success of what a military service can do. Yeah, I I would not
1: be where I am today if it hadn't been for the military, no doubt about it.
0: And my husband's a vet and he says the very same thing, even though he didn't make it a career, it was the best thing he ever did. So this is a testament to that. Now, throughout your decorated 23 year career in the United States Army, I see from your book and from knowing you that you live by this. Today's leaders have a responsibility to inspire the leaders of tomorrow. Oak, I wanna ask you, do you think our leaders of today are living this servant leadership role? Why or why not?
1: Yeah, well, I think some are um, definitely, but you know what I tell everybody and it doesn't matter because I I think that we're, we're not doing a good job of training, coaching, mentoring, developing, servant leaders i think too many leaders in all at all levels and in every profession including the military including our government including businesses i think there's a lot of leaders out there who have forgotten what it means to be a leader and why they're the leader you're not the leader so that you get a a better title and more privileges and better pay let's face it leadership comes with some of that that's okay As long as that's not the reason you want to be the leader, you should want to be the leader because you want to empower and make the people who work for you better. It is a privilege, and it is a privilege to lead other people and organizations. And we got to get back to training people uh, to be leaders who are who feel that way that it's a privilege to to be able to do that. And I I think that that's one of the reasons. That is one of the reasons that I wrote the book. And it's one of the reasons why at this point in my life, this really is my passion to get out and talk to as many people as I can. I was lucky growing up in my career in the the Army. And even in high school, I had some good servant leaders who were mentors of mine, who I could always go to and ask questions. And uh, they would always give me advice. And so that's the type of leader I grew up as. And I I think that's the best leader out there. And we got to get better at producing the next generation of servant leaders.
0: I totally agree because, you know, we came up in a different uh, upbringing and you're right, this is where I see that, you know, we've got some work to do here and I'm so honored and privileged to have you at Remarkable so that I can help others hear your story and hear, to know how to do this. You know, because you're key to this. You're key to this. We thank you for that. Now, tell me this. What are your secrets to living a life of servant leadership?
1: Yeah, well, I think it, it always comes. I get asked that a lot. And I think the first thing is, you know, you, you got to set the example in what you do. And I, and I tell people, look, if you're in a leadership position, you are set, setting the example every single day whether you know it or not, because the people who you have the privilege to lead are watching everything you do. And if you don't believe that, you're pretty naive because they watch everything you do every day. So every time you do something, you set a new standard. If if you're walking down the hall and there's a piece of paper on the floor and you don't bend down and pick it up and put it in the garbage, then you just set a new standard. It's okay to leave that there. So you, you gotta set the standard in everything you do. I think the other thing is integrity. And, you know, my father, when I was growing up, my father used to say, nobody can ever take your integrity away from you. You have to give it away. And he said, and that is probably the most important thing you have is your integrity. So I think that's something that that we got to get back to instilling in our leaders that leaders do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. not Not because somebody's watching or any other reason, but because it's the right thing to do.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm sure everybody is listening to this and writing this down So, because we really do have to get back to that. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's powerful and that's how we can make things better. That's exactly, exactly it. Now, in 2021, what made you decide to write this book your leadership legacy, becoming the leader you were meant to be, and become a speaker. How did that correlate?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I've been a a speaker, a public speaker for probably about 30 years. I just never was getting paid for it or never went out beyond my local area, but I spoke in the local area all the time. But you know, 2006, I took over an Army ROTC program at the University of South Alabama. That was my last assignment on active duty. And I was going around talking to all kinds of, I was talking to high school students, I was talking to college students, business areas, you know, just around the area. And certainly the high school and college students, I'd always ask them, so what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And they'd tell me what profession they wanted to be in. And I'd say, and then inevitably, somebody would say, and I want to be a leader. And I said, oh, that's great. world needs more leaders. So what does that look like? What does it take to be a leader? And you get that deer in the headlights look. You had no idea what it took to be a leader. So I came up with this presentation that I give uh, on leadership um, and started giving that. And I've been giving it since about 2006 at least. And I always knew I wanted to put that in a book. Well my wife and her mom and two other people who live in the condo that we live in, we went to a motivational speaking event at our Catholic church. And it was kind of a combination motivational speaking and how do we get people interested and back into the Catholic church. And it was about a three hour long presentation or event. Now the guy didn't speak for three hours. He spoke for about forty-five minutes, and then we did some other things. And he spoke for another forty-five minutes, and we did some things. And he spoke for another forty-five minutes. So we, every time there was a break, I went. I talked to him because I knew that's what I wanted to do. That was my passion. That's my passion right now is to get out and talk to as many people as I can. And so I was talking to him and kind of picking his brain. And at the end of that last presentation, when I was talking to him. I told him I wanted to do what he was doing. He looked at me and he said, well, Oak, have you written a book? And I said, no, not yet. I said, I'm thinking about it. And he looked at me and he said, stop thinking about it and do it. And so I went home that night and I wrote out the table of contents. That was the 15th of February, 2020. I started writing the book the next day. And on the 12th of February, 2021, we published the book.
0: Wow. All from, wow, all from someone encouraging you. Now's the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's what, that's really what, what I, I really wanted to write it and I knew I wanted to write it, but I was kind of putting it off, think, telling myself, well, I just don't have time. And he, and he, and he just said, write it, just start.
0: That's a great, a great tip to speakers of today. Yeah. Because sometimes we do, we just put it off. You know, and it's key, you know, because we want to get out there and do our passion, right? All of, all of our talent does, they do. But, hey, you have to take the time to do the right things in the right order. So thank you so much because it's a great book. I recommend it highly and uh, everyone will enjoy it no matter what industry you're in or no matter where you're at. It really, really helps. Now, I know you have a passion, just like I do, for mentoring others. Now, I recently celebrated Mentoring Monday, where most business journals across the United States hold a big event, and it's empowerment for women, and we get to mentor women. And uh, I've always done this in my life. I'm grateful for all the mentors I had and all the mentors I still have. Right. Because you never get uh, away from that. I don't ever want to be without a mentor. So tell me, what's the importance of mentoring and developing leaders today?
1: Yeah. So uh, along your point, I I don't care how 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 high up you get in any organization. You can always use a mentor, Um, you know, and and I'm a firm believer that that you it's our responsibility as leaders today to mentor the next generation. When I go around and I talk to people, other leaders, and they tell me they're a leader, and I said, "Okay, who are you mentoring?" And if they tell me no one, then I say, "I'm not sure you're a, you're a leader then. You're probably a boss because leaders produce more leaders. That's what leaders do." You know, and when I was g- going through my career, I had a, a I was lucky I had some great servant leaders who decided to be a mentor to me. And it certainly helped me out throughout my career. I knew, always knew there was somebody I could go and ask a question to, or ask advice of, or just learn from, and and I did. And, when I, and the other thing that's important about a mentor is it doesn't have to be somebody who is above you. I will tell you some of the best mentors I had were people who worked for me. And in the book and in my presentation, I talk about Master Sergeant David Powell, who I say he worked for me, he was probably a better leader than I was. And he worked for me at the University of South Alabama in Mobile when we were running that ROTC program. And one day he said to me, he said, you know, great leadership handed down from generation to generation is what develops great nations. Because we were talking about developing the next generation of leaders for the Army and the country. And he said that quote, and I thought to myself, what a powerful quote. I wish I could take credit for that, but I can't. It was Master Sergeant David Powell who said that, who I still stay in touch with. And uh, the most powerful thing about that quote is you can take that word nations and you can substitute anything you want for it. A company, a sports team, a hospital, a food bank, whatever, it doesn't matter, doesn't change the power of that quote because every organization at every level needs good leadership. And leadership is leadership. It doesn't matter where you learned it, doesn't matter where you practiced it. If you can lead people, you can lead any organization. But us as leaders, it is our responsibility to create that next generation of leaders. And if we don't do a good job, then we deserve what we get.
0: Well, I certainly can attest to that. If I hadn't had the mentors I have, I wouldn't be where I'm at today.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean,
0: that's the key. And so I appreciate that you are serving that way and helping others because I'm out here on this same <laughs> platform, even just in my small way, to say, find a mentor.
1: Well, that's the, that's the other piece of that. If you are a young leader and, and nobody's stepping up to be your mentor, go find one. I promise you there's somebody out there who would love to be your mentor. So if you if nobody's stepping up in your organization, go outside your organization and find somebody to be your mentor because you need one.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Now, I know, Oak, you speak on many colleges and university campuses to students, faculties, everyone. How is your message received there today?
1: Yeah, well, so far, it's been received very well. I mean, is, is, can I say that there's never been anybody who didn't appreciate it? I guess probably not. But but I so far, every time I give my presentation, whether it's at a college campus um, or in some company or some conference, I always get people who come up and talk to me afterwards. And certainly on the college campuses, uh, I've had not only... Um, the, the staff and faculty come up, but I'll, I always have several of the students come up and kind of pick my brain afterwards and they'll tell me a situation they're in and kind of ask my advice on what, what I think they should do. And, and I love doing that. I, I never, ever turned down a chance to talk to young men and women. I mean, that's, and, and I'll go down as far as high school. I, I even, there's a couple of times that I went down and talked to sixth, seventh and eighth graders, not about leadership, but about success. And how, how do you, what what are the steps you need to go through and the things that you need to do to increase your possibility of being successful in the world? So I never turned down a chance to talk to young men and women.
0: That is awesome because I think a lot of speakers and a lot of people are, you know, wondering can they still resonate with uh, college campuses today and universities? And I I believe they can. You know, we're
1: yeah. Not I- Absolutely. I, I, you can. I mean, there, there are certainly people on those campuses don't want to hear some of the things we want to talk about. Um, but, but for the most part, if, if you've got a good message, and I think servant leadership is a good message, I, I think most of the people on those campuses want to hear it.
0: Definitely, definitely. Now, I, you have lived many places in the world. You've served there, you've lived there. But tell us, what is one of your favorite places to live?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we've we've lived in quite a few places, uh, and and I, we've I, th- I can say we probably enjoyed all of them. We were in Australia for two years, and that was an interesting um, assignment. So I I've, I've been in forty five countries on five continents. Uh, obviously, I didn't live all those places, but I've been there either visiting or training or on deployments whatever and i always tell people my favorite city in the world is prague i loved prague Um, my wife and i went there for a a weekend and we absolutely loved it there Um, and my favorite country that i've probably been in uh, is probably spain my wife and i went for a week-long trip in spain and we absolutely loved it but the place that i i was stationed at that I probably enjoyed the most was my last duty assignment in Mobile, Alabama. My wife and I loved it there in Mobile. And it was a tough decision to leave there and move here to Daytona Beach. It really was, because we, we love the community, we love the people, and uh, and it was that was probably our favorite place. Wow. Been nice
0: to have all those choices. That's, the, that's <laughs> the good news, that you do have all those choices. Now today, what do you want? to leave with everyone that's watching because this is global because it's on four channels. So we never know how far it reaches. We get messages and comments from everywhere. What do you want people to know about you and your message that they can take home right now and apply?
1: Yeah. I, I, the thing I always want, people to understand about my message. And I tell people, you don't take anything else away from my presentation. Remember this, that leadership is about people. And if, if you understand that, and that you gotta take care of people, and, and you can't fake that, they will know whether or not you really care and you're really trying to take care of them or not. If you take care of people, build that trust, then you, you will build a good organization that will get things done. And you'll get your promotion, you'll get your raise, whatever, but you get it for the right reason, because you helped people become better people. They made the organization better and you're gonna get your due, whatever. And I think the, the, the key thing to that is that you gotta build the trust. And trust is so important. It is it, what allows leaders to lead other people. If people you're supposed to lead don't trust you, then they're not going fu- to. They, they may do what you tell them to do because you're the boss, but you're the boss. You're not a leader. Um, if you're a true leader, then the people trust you. And there's lots of ways to, to build that trust. But that's one of the key things you got to build that trust because it is all about people, period. It's not about flow charts or organizational charts or anything else. Leadership is about people.
0: And the cost of that is what?
1: The cost of? Of
0: of doing, becoming a servant leader.
1: Nothing. I mean, it's, it's cost you some time and effort to build that relationship, but it doesn't cost anything money-wise. In fact, I'm here to tell you that it's going to save your organization money because you're going to keep employees. You're not going to have the turnover that you're would normally have in an organization. You're going to have a culture in your organization where people want to work and they want to do what you need to get done because as we were talking before the show, results do matter. And if you have a good culture in your organization where they trust people, not only you, but they trust each other, then they're, they're willing to do things and and go that extra mile to make sure that things get done right and and that uh, the organization is successful and whatever it is, whatever your organization is, and it doesn't matter.
0: That is one great thing that we can talk think about as we leave here today, but I have one closing question for you. Okay. <laughs> what are you going to do today to be remarkable?
1: Yeah. I I think that's that's a great question, because I always tell all the lieutenants that we commission out of this program, and we're commissioning 63 this year out of our program, one of the things I always tell them is go out and make a difference, a positive difference in somebody's life. You're going to make a difference. I mean, every day that you go out and talk to people and and interact with people, you're going to make a difference in their life as a leader. So make the effort to make a positive difference. That's always my message. And that's what I try to do every day. I try to make a positive difference, influence somebody in a positive way. Whether it's somebody I work with or somebody I meet on the street or whatever, I try to make a positive impact on their life. And you know, my, my wife taught me, one that really taught me the importance of doing that. Um, and, uh, and I'm thankful for that because it has made a difference in my life. And I hope, I hope that I've made a difference in other people's lives.
0: Well, in the short time that I've known you, Oak, I can tell you, you have made a difference in my life, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you for that. You for that. It, is, it is. It's a pleasure and a joy to work with and for you. So it's, it's a, a joint thing here, and we love it. And out there to our audiences today, wasn't this a great eye-opener? But we want to challenge you to answer the same question. What are you going to do today to be remarkable? We would love to hear that in the chat or you can comment at any time to us because we want to know what impact are we making so that you will make a difference and an impact right in your own life today. Now we hope this is amazing. We hope you will join us again next Friday march 17th it's saint patrick's day there you go (laughs) and we will have as our guest dave capperton now he's a award women award winning now that's hard to say early in the morning real fast award-winning funny motivational speaker and he dwells on finding joy beating stress and the power of one to make a difference Now, Dave is known as the joy guy, strategist, author, and educator. So you want to make sure that you put that on your calendar and that, because we can assure you, you will leave laughing. You won't want to miss that. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. So you won't miss an episode of our show because all of them are there. This is the 29th episode of our show, I believe. And then you can go back and see previous episodes just in case you might not have gotten everything that Oak said today. You can go back and see it there. So please do that. Now, tomorrow it's daylight savings times coming. All right. So don't forget to set your clock spring forward. And as one of our speakers, Alan Mallory just put out, I just saw it before I came on here. I said, Oh, He said, some people will see Sunday as losing an hour of sleep, while others will see it as gaining an extra hour of daylight. It's all in the perspective. That's what life is. It's all in the perspective. So we look forward to seeing you next Friday and have a remarkable
1: weekend.